Hi guys, this is Sarah. And this is Katrina Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the feds. feds. FedWork is the modern day background check. And we encourage people to feed empowerment daily. And, and you're, you're now, now listening, listening to, to FedWork. Fed hey guys, welcome to FedWork. I'm Katrina Joe. And I'm Sarah. And we are back with another episode of the Hennessy Never Stop, Never Settle Society Special Edition Series. And we have Craig all the way here from Dallas. Hey, Craig. Uh, what's happening? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. How are you? How's it going? Doing phenomenal, man. You know, just out here company building. Okay. Okay. I checked out your um, spotlight video about gig wage and it's fire. Can you tell us about gig wage? Yeah, so um, GigWage is a, a venture-backed payment technology company. Uh, in the simplest form, we help companies pay independent contractors, freelancers, gig workers, right? And so we're like the modern platform to um, pay the modern worker, um, but rooted in technology and venture capital and just trying to uh, build something special. Nice. I love that. When did you first decide that you wanted to start this business? Yeah. So, um, I mean, if you go back a little bit, I used to play ball. So I played division one basketball, I played professionally for a few years in Europe. And then, um, I started this other business, um, and failed miserably. Uh, and then I was like, you know, I'm going to get a job. And so I actually got into a uh, payroll technology at a, a company called ADP back in the day, like 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I sold their first cloud-based product, uh, their first cloud-based product. And then, so I just kind of spent years in the payroll technology industry, which is really weird. Um, but somewhere around probably about 2012, I knew I wanted to start a company um, and I just kind of had to figure that out. And then uh, we launched this company uh, 2015. And so um, it was just kind of my journey for, I'm real big on legacy, uh, which we'll probably talk about a little bit here. And I thought, um, the best path to leave a true legacy was going to be somewhere in the mix of like venture capital technology and a company, just from what I was seeing in the market. So I was like, I'll do venture capital technology in a company and I knew payroll. And so that's how it all kind of came together. I love it. And so you said you had this idea in 2012, but launched in 2015, right? Well, <clears throat> no, 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 no. I think around 2012 was kind of when I knew I wanted to be go back and become an entrepreneur again. Right. So I had worked okay. for several different companies. And I just saw like, you know, the people that I was making a lot of money selling technology, but I knew that the people that owned the companies was making a lot more than me. No knock on them. That's what they should have been doing. And I just knew I was as good as them, if not better. And so uh, for me, it was just about really getting my courage up. I used to say I need more experience. But what I was saying was just getting my courage back up to go out there and be the guy. Right. And um, so around 2012, I started to get that kind of inclination. I was like, okay, so I'm going to do this. What do I need? What are the last few tools I need to get it popping? So it mm -hmm. took me about another two years to feel really good about it. Um, and then uh, I made the leap. It's very interesting that you point out that it wasn't that you necessarily needed the more experience. You had yeah. that, right? It was the, it was the courage. Not many people could understand that or figure that out. I think that that definitely helped you kind of like set yourself apart because that's not a normal, you know, inclination. Is yeah, that yeah for sure. Courage. Yeah, we always, I mean, we, there's a million reasons not to start. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, a lot of people say, oh, you need more experience, whether that's getting a job, trying to get a promotion, starting a company, you know, a side project, whatever it is. Right. And it's like, when I look back at it, I'm like, well, you didn't really need more experience. What you needed was 
the kahunas to kind of go do it, right? And so we 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 put these cloaks right on top of what it really is. And for me, that's what I was telling myself was like, oh, you need more experience, whatever. And so, but it was all day was about courage and just the uh, having the kind of uh, the grit to get started. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I feel like that's a key component too. And just all entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship, right? There's never the perfect time. Like you're never going to be completely ready with everything that you need to know. And on the journey of entrepreneurship, there's always new things to learn and just kind of implement into your business strategy. So yeah. yeah I, I, iteration all, is critical. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so how were the first like, you know, phases of building gig wage? Like when you were like, okay, I may not have all the experience, but I have the courage now. Like how was, you know, building that? Well, to put that in perspective, it was extremely hard because we actually didn't even start off as gig wage. We did what's called a pivot kind of a couple years in to get to the gig wage model. So we started off doing something a little different. Um, and so I self-funded the company for about the first nine, 10 months and then um, raised um, um, like six or $700,000 from outside investors to really try to get the company really rolling. And man, I, and I raised that pre-product, right? Like I, I had really been working on like this idea and I was trying, anyways, I didn't really have much. I'll put it to you like that. And I raised this money with the idea that I would go build this product. And man, uh, those bumps and lumps and punches from uh, the real world came quick. And so- oh, yeah. It was really hard, man. We had ups, we had downs, we ran out of money. I hired the wrong people. I, again, ultimately ended up changing the brand, the idea and the team. And so it was a lot about perseverance and kind of dedication to kind of get through those early days for sure. Yeah. I mean, with the pivots, right? Like Sarah and I, we talk about this all the time on, on our podcast because we've pivot, pivoted as a podcast as well. Yeah. Um, like, how did you transition through those pivots and like what kept you going? Yeah, for me, um, it was difficult, right? Because we had invested a lot um, into the first idea and the first brand. You know, I was, it was very public. Like a lot of people knew we had a lot of press around it. And so, you know, it was a tough pill to swallow to be like, well, maybe this isn't the thing. And I was actually at this kind of uh, crossroads of actually thinking about shutting the company down. And so a lot of really smart, influential, wealthy people that had gotten involved said, hey, Craig, you know, your first loss is your best loss. You, you might not be cut out for this. And I remember that vividly. Um, and so I was kind of at this point where I was like, am I going to shut down or am I going to find a path forward? Do I really want this to work? Is it really about the idea or is it really about something bigger, which, again, is legacy and building something that outlives me? And it was. And so then it was about looking for that path forward and trying to follow those breadcrumbs because we had done a lot. So there were some like signals there of what we probably should be doing. And so I think we hit the nail on the head with the gig wage. And that's kind of how we discovered this path. I love it. Was there a moment like, do you remember like a distinct moment where you're like, uh, this is a name. This is what we're going into. Like, we're going to name it gig wage. And this is where we need to be. So. <laughs> the the pivot actually wasn't supposed to be a pivot. What I was really trying to find was a way forward. So we had this other name, this other brand, this idea. And I was like, if I could just get a little something going, I could, I could ride that train back into the big idea, right? So that's how it started. But then sure enough, kind of was picking up with this little thing. And I was like, well, maybe we'll lean in and focus here. And it really didn't have a name. We hadn't changed the name or brand. And then uh, maybe a little bit in, I was like, you know what? Um, I was like, this might work. 
And so we had another name that I had <laughs> found the domain for. <laughs> and then one night about two in the morning, I was on, you know, my little domain thing, buying websites or whatever. And um, I was like, man, we're going to do this thing. And this gig economy thing is a thing. And we're paying people. But gig, everything was like super expensive or not available. And um, I had been trying and trying and trying. And about an hour into the search, I found we were originally called Indie Wage. So like independent indie films, independent contractors. And so I was like, let me try Gig Wage. And sure enough, for like 13 bucks, Gig Wage was available. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So I bought it. I still didn't quite know. I was like, man, this is a good one. And so I still didn't quite know. But anyways, the brand has ended up really taking like it. We nailed it. But I totally got lucky because the domain was available, but nothing else was available. And it took me a long time to find it. But once we hit it and got it out and got the logo, I was like, oh, this this is going to pop. Yeah, the logo's great. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. The and, and the name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a ha- happenstance. It was happenstance, man. Like, I, we were, we definitely, didn't, I didn't come out the gate like, oh, we're going to call it Gigways. It did not happen like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's yeah. how it was. We we saw that it was available and we're like, okay, well, like, let's do this. Yeah, and let's then, make it work, right? Podcast tied together. So, um, yeah, that, that's an exciting moment, though, when you find that your domain is ready, because everything kind of surrounds around, you know, everything's based on, especially in tech, everything's sure. based on site and things like that. So kind For of sure. being able to, to uh, that's another pivot, though, that wasn't supposed to be the name, you know. Bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. And I think that speaks to trial and error, right, where you're you were literally on for you said an hour searching names like does this sound right I don't know if I want this you know and then it just hit and you know sometimes that can be discouraging when you're when you're you're, you know looking up names or looking up you know whatever it may be colors logos fonts and nothing's hitting but like you know if you keep going through the trial and error like you just said it'll hit and you're like yo this is actually really good it's fire I'm like this gonna work and so it definitely has so far it's those moments too that I feel like are the rewarding moments as an entrepreneur where you're on the journey and you just need the flags that are like, yes, this is the right direction. Yes. I'm doing something right. Because there's so many yep. things you do that are not right. <laughs> and you For find sure. that. Okay. So those moments where you get the the reassurance that, okay, this is actually, we're doing this, this is going to work and this is the right name or this is the right, you know, choice for the company. No doubt. Those moments are those, those some of the best of being an entrepreneur, I think. Yeah. For sure. So I guess I, so with, with this and, you know, you've been building this since 2015 and, and obviously you, you are the, the creator of this, you, you know, you have a team, but you know, you are the face of that. So there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. How does that kind of work in regards to your personal life? Cause we haven't really touched on that at all. Um, how do you find that, that mental and physical like separation for you? Yeah, I'm a big contrarian on this. I don't um I'm not the the work life balance guy or the the separate. I think <clears throat> I'm going to give you an analogy. So, if you if you think about like being the most efficient version of yourself that you could possibly be, right? Which is what people are often talking about when they talk about balance, right? Mm-hmm. Finding that balance. There's something interesting about like turning off and then turning on that feels um inefficient to me right it's like there's a there's a there's a versus someone that's kind of constantly running and I used to use the example of like people have a let's say Instagram profile then they have a LinkedIn profile and they're two different profiles and you kind of got to like 
be switching on and off when you go on each profile. Well, for, for, for me, my, you're going to get the same thing. I mean, and I know like for the algorithms and all that, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I am who I am and I bring my whole self to work and I bring my whole self home. I bring my whole self to my, you're going to get what you're going to get with me. And for me, that has allowed me to be the most efficient version of myself because I'm not context switching. I'm not turning on and off. Um, and so I'm, I'm very much a, um, you know, an always on kind of guy. So there's a lot of intensity there and it's, it can be hard on some people that are in my world and I get that, but I've got to be the best version of myself. And I believe if I do that, then that makes me the best father, the best husband, the best CEO, because I, I am those people. And so I've got to be, do what's best for me. So I don't really turn off and on. I, you just kind of get Craig, um, however I pull up, wherever we pull up, you know what I mean? I used to, I haven't always been like that. You know, I used to wear suits to meetings and I used to wear hoop shorts to go hoop. And, you know, I would be who I needed to be in those environments. But now I really just try to be me. And it's, it's just so much easier um, to do. It's more authentic. You're, you're basically it's super authentic and everybody don't like it in every setting. But it, at least I don't have to think about it. <laughs> I love, I love that you know, you're also you hit that on the nail, Sarah, with talking about authenticity, you know, like you don't have to turn off and on. And so therefore you are, I believe just hearing that, but you're maximizing your time and your energy because it is always going to be this. It's always going to be a hundred percent. It's Absolutely. always going to be Greg. And you don't have to worry about like, okay, I'm going home. I need to be this. I'm going to yep. this meeting. I need to be this. You are literally like staying at your, you know, mark that you need to be and showing up, you know, hundred percent every time, which is great. Straight up. And it's, uh, it's just, it's just easier for me. And that may not work for everybody, but I just find it easier for me. When did that kind of click for you? Because I feel like a lot of times there is that pressure, especially as a CEO, like, oh, I need to dress the part for this meeting or mm -hmm. I have to do this for that meeting. When when were you confident? I guess it comes kind of comes back to the confidence of when were, were you confident that who you bring to any table is the person that should be at that table? It's, it's funny you say it like that. Actually, when I became a CEO, that's when I realized that that was that I could do that. Right. It's when I wasn't a CEO that I was trying to capitulate to, you know, the other CEOs that I might've worked for or managers or VPs or whatever it might've been. And so this okay. path of entrepreneurship, I think I, t I, t I tell people all the time, entrepreneurship um, is the closest thing to God I've ever felt. Like it's so like you really check who you are. Like you become one with yourself. Like it, you cannot hide every day when you wake up, you're going to get to know who you are when you're an entrepreneur. And so, you know, I, I just started to kind of lean into who I was as a, as a person, right? And the title that kind of dominates who I am today as CEO. And um, as I started to look at like, what does that mean? I, you know, there's not a lot of capitulation when you are a CEO, you, you set the tone. And I right. thought I shouldn't just set the tone for my employees. I should just be a person that sets the tone. And um, so when I became, you know, an entrepreneur, that's when that really kicked in for me. Like I stopped worrying about what you thought I should wear or how you thought I should say it. Cause I didn't have any um, liabilities to you. Like this, all, I have to look myself in the mirror. I'm the one responsible for these 30 people. Like I, you know, and so at that, then it's like, well, who am I answering to? You know what I mean? And then like, you know, so like I got a board, right. You might say a board. I, I probably run the coolest board means you ever met. Like, like I done said some stuff in board <laughs> means that I don't think ever been said in board means before, but it's my board. You feel me? Like, yeah, right. uh, and so when I became a CEO, that's when that really kicked in. Okay. That makes sense. I feel like that's, um, that's probably something a lot of entrepreneurs are lacking is that 
that almost like internal recognition sure. of I don't have to report to anyone else, maybe my board, but like they're actually part of what I'm doing anyway. So yeah, it's about know. leading. It's about leading. And I had a, yeah. uh, I had a really smart guy. I'm not, I'm not like real big in a mentors per se, but I love just engaging and doing business with really smart people. And I had a really smart guy that now actually is on my board. Tell me one time I was asking him something. And it was like kind of tactical and technical about what we were doing with the business. And I was like, I, you know, normally I think people do X, Y, Z, but I'm kind of thinking about this thing. And he was like, Craig, it's your company. And like when he said it, it was just so clear, like you can do whatever you want. Like it might be right. It might be wrong, but you can do it. You know what I mean? And so that's really stuck with me. Right. Like it's my company. I can I can do what I want. And again, same thing. I try to empower my my leadership team and our staff to feel the same way. This is your company. Make decisions. Be decisive. Bring your whole self to to the party. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, your leadership, you know, from from just talking to you, your leadership position with your company seems like you are almost elevating everyone who works there to have the same charisma, the same wherewithal about walking around as if, you know, I can make that choice and I'm confident. Yeah. And, and I think that that's important because there's so many people that are looking up to you as a CEO and by you kind of opening it up for them to feel confident and to, to kind of walk that way too. It just makes, you know, anyone who has ownership over something is going to feel more in, inspired to do yeah. better things. They might come to you with suggestions that you hadn't thought about. You know, the, there's more, you know, I, it's, it, you, you couldn't be that um, way too. more spot on. I'm asking my team even now to bring, like, bring me more ideas. Like what, what, what should tell me what we should be doing. Right. And then the, the terminology I use at gig wage is uh, gig wage should be a platform for all team members to stand in their own greatness. So like, if you're a salesperson, if you're a marketing person, if you're a product person, you know, whatever your role is in the company, Gigway should be the platform that allows you to be the best version of that and stand in your greatness, right? It should power all the beautiful personal things you want to do to take. I, we had a, our principal architect, he's a, a, also acting director of engineer right now. He uh, took a five day vacation, took his whole family. They went somewhere like two weeks ago. We've got unlimited PTO. We do all that fun stuff. And he said, uh, when he got back, he said, man, this is the first job I've had since I can ever remember that I could actually do that. Like, and it, that's not work related, right? That's him going and spending five days with his family and, and, right. and feeling comfortable doing that. And so that's something I take pride in is a giving people that platform to not only be the, the best engineer, but also be the best father and husband that you can be right. Gig wage should do that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll leave it with this, but I, I, in return, what I tell people is, you know, we'll be the platform for you to stand in your greatness. Um, but you need to operate by one thing. And that one thing is if you take care of gig wage, gig wage will take care of you. And so with that kind of contract and understanding between the team, I think everybody can kind of, uh, feel empowered to to lead and make decisions and engage. Well, also with you, I mean, that's amazing. And to kind of add to that, you know, with you allowing your employees to take that personal time off if they need it and have unlimited time off, which is something that we're seeing coming a little bit more frequently and especially newer companies and people realizing what was lacking in, in the industry and what they can kind of bring to the table and set themselves apart. I feel like that kind of goes circles back to the original topic that we were talking about, about you always being your authentic self. So like someone being able to be like, you know what? I need three days. I'm going to go with my family. That's fine. Sure. Come back because you're going to bring a better version of yourself back here. 
you know, you're never going to be burned out. Yep. You know, all the things that happen or that have happened in the past in sure. business, you've seen that from being there and you're able to take those lessons and apply them to your business and set yourself up in a better situation. For sure. And then I think for, you know, probably some of you guys as listeners, like, you know, I talk about the difference between like small business mindset and like a startup mindset, which is kind of more scalability. But you also as an entrepreneur have to like, am I building a business that depends on me? Am I building a business that depends on one person? And you should be building a business that depends on the market and the business. And so you have to like push yourself to trust the business and trust the market. Because if you can't, you know, let that person take time off or, you know, whatever it may be, it's, you're still kind of in a, a small business mindset, which is not a negative thing, but mm-hmm. you want to get to a place as an entrepreneur where the business is the platform, not you, not your employees. It's sure. gig wage, right? And so it's just about pushing yourself, man, and trying to, like I said, build something scalable and, and, and impactful. So just out of curiosity, with, you know, obviously you had tried several things that you said they didn't work and this one is clicked. Now that things are kind of moving, have you circled back to any of the things that didn't work before and thought maybe that you have this experience now? Could I actually make those other businesses now? Like, have you been able to go back to that point and and maybe see a different route for those? Yeah. I mean, like if I were to, if I were to start another company and I wanted to do that same idea, I definitely know how to make it happen. But I'm, one of the things about me is I'm relentlessly like, unyieldingly focused, like violently committed to moving forward. So no, we haven't went back at all. Uh, But yeah, like I could, you know what I mean? Like if, you know, I don't know, say, you know, we sell this business or I go public and get kicked out as a CEO and I want to start something else. I could go back and take that same business idea and get it popping for sure. Yeah. 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 Isn't that interesting to think about that there's, it's just timing. And it's timing and, exper- and learning, right? And just kind of bumping your head and realizing where not to go to bump your head the next time. So, uh, yeah, I could I could definitely get it popping. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of on some like, I'd love to give that idea to the next entrepreneur and do something else, right? Like kind of, so I started investing in a lot of companies now. And so I'm excited about the new ideas that people are coming up with. And obviously, like I said, just kind of... Um, super and hyper focused on gig wage but yeah man I, I would love to like I would love to see that idea still pop and I mean who knows what the future holds we'll see yeah for sure and with you like you you know always moving forward and still being a leader you know in your company but also at home with your family with your friends like how do you keep the inspiration going for yourself like who inspires you on your journey yeah practice so people you know I'm, I'm not joking when I say this so like I remember, so I've always been an extremely optimistic person. Um, I'm a quote guy, I love quotes. And I remember like when I was really getting into my professional career, I used to quote like a lot of people, like I would read quotes and then post those quotes and then, you know, whatever would inspire me. Right. And so like one of my favorites is like, uh, is Aristotle. He talks about, um, excellence is, uh, is, 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 is an, it's a habit, right? It's not a, a single act. Um, and then, you know, even newer today, like guys like, uh, you know, Robert Smith, the billionaire, the black billionaire of Vista Equity Partners, he talks about um, learning to embrace complex problems, like these types of quotes and inspirations. But there was a number of years ago where I really realized very much like entrepreneurship. I was like, well, I have thoughts and ideas that I feel like are original, too. And so, you know, for probably like the past five plus years, I've, I've like 
I'm the quote guy. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I talk <laughs> like to my, like, like legit, like go to my IG and pull up. Like I, I'm constantly coming up with these ideas, but I'm inspired by everything, man. I, I'm like, I wake up to get inspired and then I try to pass some of that on, but I'm looking for it everywhere. I'm every article, every headline. I go to a restaurant. What's popping over here? Like I'm looking out my window, downtown Dallas, I'm businesses. I'm seeing car. Like I am built to be inspired. So it comes from a lot of places, but mostly I try to, I depend on myself for that stuff, man. Like I'm accountable to me every day. And so if I want to be inspired, I should inspire myself. And if I can't inspire myself, how can I inspire others to be great? So a lot of it comes from me. I'm looking for it. I'm sourcing it. But, you know, I, I could give you all the names of, you know, I love the tech CEOs that are out there. I love, you know, my, my family is the biggest inspiration, my daughters. Um, but, you know, I depend on me, man, because other people let you down sometimes. So uh, I, I inspire myself every day. And it, it's a habit that I've created, like that excellence, right? Like back to that Aristotle quote, I practice getting inspired just as much as I want to inspire other people. I love all of this. I know, me too. I'm sitting here like absorbing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you're inspiring us right now. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's, hey, that's what it's all about, man. No, I mean, but I like real talk, like I'm looking at, you know, what y'all are doing, this podcast, like all of this stuff, man. It's like you wake up every day and you take action, like do something, man, leave your mark on the day. You feel me? Like, what did you do today? So that when you, you know, wake up in the morning, you feel good about what you did yesterday and what you can put forward today. And so, no, I, you know, I see y'all out here. Y'all got this going on. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all stuff is inspiring. I saw it online. And so like people Thank that y'all, y'all waking up for it. You know what I mean? Y'all looking for it. Y'all engaging, right? Y'all living, right? And so like, that's the biggest thing, man, is just wake up every day and go be phenomenal, right? Because tomorrow ain't promised, right? Um, right, right. So... And I think that's important too, you know, not only as an entrepreneur, but just as humans in general that, you know, it's so easy to be discouraged and then come across roadblocks or like this didn't work out or, or now I'm in a bad mood or I'm angry. But like you said, like literally you just looking out your window or looking at around your surroundings or, you know, the materials and tools that you already have, or maybe possess that the inspiration literally can be just around you at all times of the day. Straight up. I want to talk about that real quick. Um, I did this post not too long ago and I said, you know, a lot of us will take a, let a bad moment trick us into thinking we had a bad day. Mm. And that's not, you know, that's not the case. Like, yeah, I'm not saying I'm always lit, right. I'm not always, I have moments, but I try to make sure I don't have, I haven't had a bad day in a decade. That doesn't mean I haven't had moments. People have died, da, 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 all that stuff. That doesn't mean the whole day has to be bad. Right. And so choosing not to be pitiful, choosing not to focus on the problem, deciding to be excellent. These are like all self-choices. Now, like depression and mental health, all this stuff is so real. And so it takes practice, training, may need coaching, you may need therapy, but you can build, um, you can build the scaffolding you need to be uh, your true best self every day. And like I said, I've been practicing this for a long time. Like religiously, I used to, and I want to point this out because I think it's so funny. I used to post so many quotes of other people all the time. And I, but I was posting it because I liked it. Then I'd read it, reread it. Then I'd post something. And I'm just feeding myself with all this positivity. And now it's like so natural to me, but I used to, it was forced. I was like, man, what I'm going to post today, you know, like, 
and I'd have to go find something. And so it's literally training, just like a sport. You feel me? Like you can train yourself to be, like I said, some people need therapy or coaching and I love all of that, but whatever you have to do, you can take control of each day, each moment. And then ultimately you string enough of those together and it becomes who you are. Absolutely. And I, and we talk about this as well, Sarah, where like growth is a never ending thing, right? Yeah. And it's a practice. So, you know, sometimes we'll come across people or, you know, businesses or whatever, like, oh, we got it all figured out. We got it. We're good. And it's like, no, it's a continuous thing of evolution where you can always improve, always become better, you know, your best self and all that. So I love that you spoke to like the habit and the practice in that. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely something that I think people overlook. Um, even myself, like I always thought I'm positive. I'm like, no, I'm, I need to, like, I need to practice on that because the, the, I will walk around somewhere tomorrow and not be the same way. That is not ingrained in who you are. And I feel like it is a lot of practice and um, discipline. And I feel like you being an athlete helped to kind of prepare you for that kind of grind, but it's just a different mental grind, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. Being an athlete obviously was a big boost, right? You always think you're going to score the next bucket. You know what I mean? You're always going to get the next stop. And then, you know, you're going to put the work in every day, two, three times a day, six, to eight hours a day, weights, training, running, practicing, shooting, you know, watching film, whatever it is. And so, yeah, that a lot of that is built in. But I'll tell you, man, uh, there is no game like the game of business. It's much more robust. It's it's wow. It's unlimited. Right. I talk about um, uh, a term called long tail distribution. And so, like, if we use basketball, right, you could shoot a free throw and score a point. You could do a layup and score two points. You get a three pointer and get three points. And if you hit a three and get fouled, you can score four points in business, though. You could hit one shot and it and make a billion dollars. Right. And it's unlimited. Right. And so the stakes are much, much higher. But if you think about something that big and that vast, the probabilities of failing are actually much smaller. Like there's really infinite ways to make it work. And so when you flip your perspective and start to understand, like, man, I could go left, I could go right, I could go up, I could go down, I could go left. Like, there are no rules to, I mean, there's obviously rules, like, you know, like regulations and laws, (laughs) but in general, it's not as limiting, right? And so one of the things that transitioning out of sports um, or evolving out of sports into, into business, I just, the game is so much bigger. And I was like, oh, this is why you can have you know, millions of millionaires, right? Like the NBA, you've got, you know, four or 500 guys that can make it to the pinnacle. Think about how many successful businesses there are. And you don't have to even have millions to be, you can make, you know, a six figure business and be successful because business is so big. And so then it makes even more sense to put in the work because the odds of winning are so much higher. And I know that sounds really contrarian to what people think. Most businesses fail, this, that, and third, but most businesses don't fail. People just quit. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? And so anyways, but yeah, so that those lessons were great. But I mean, when I got into business, I got I work way harder now than I did when I played sports because the upside is so much higher. So um, but yeah, you know, sports is cool. I wrote this book back in the day, just at why I called the sport of sales. And it's like a uh, Let us find out you a whole author, too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was light work. <laughs> By the way, I wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on Amazon, all that good stuff. But uh, it's called The Sport of Sales. And it talks about my parallels in sales and sports and a lot of the. So if like for it's really good for like, matter of fact, you know, it's so funny. I'm saying this out loud. We just hired two 
sales development reps um, this week, actually. And I'm like, why would I not send them this book? Now I'm literally talking to y'all and I'm like, I should totally send them the book. So anyways, <laughs> the, the sport of sales, because because sports, it, it is life. It is business. It is sales. And so there are some similarities there. But I would just tell you, business is just so much better. <laughs> like it ain't even close. That is amazing how you were able to combine both of your worlds and come yeah. out with your first book. Yeah, when did yeah. You this? That's, I, I mean, I wrote that like, man, nine, eight or nine years ago. I, that, I've been getting hit up about the next one. I, I don't I don't quite have the idea yet, but it, the next one will be fire. Like, Maybe a book of quotes. I, well, I'm definitely doing that. I'm definitely doing that. I'm definitely doing that. But I think I'm going to definitely do something around like entrepreneurship and legacy and, and, and money. Uh, but yeah, the book of quotes is a, that is happening for sure. I love it. I mean, that could be like a, a cool coffee table book. For sure. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I love it. Uh, I mean, you speak a lot about, you know, moving forward and never ending practices and all of that. So as I'm sure you've heard, um, Hennessy's mantra is never stop, never settle. What does that mantra mean to you? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest secret to success, right? I don't think it's much of a secret, but it's just not quitting, right? And expecting like the most, like, you know, people talk about, um, you know, planning for the worst. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I think it would be super phenomenal to plan for the best. Like, let's put a plan together to be the best, like to be number one, to be great, to be amazing, to be, you know, game changing. And so never stop, right? Persistence, grit, effort, dedication, keep going, pivot, figure it out, endure, and then never settle you know, I, I want, I want that spot. Like, you know, and I, and I, when I say, when I say it, and it's going to mean something different for everybody, but when I say it, it's like, you know, the spot, like when you talk about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and, you know, Steve Jobs, this, that, and the third, like Oprah, like we go Robert, you go on and on, right? Like I want that, right? Like, can we take the companies public? Uh, can we create generational wealth? And when I say, can we, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and saying, Craig, can we do this? What's up? Like your kids, kids, kids. Right. And so never stop, never settle. I mean, I think there's just always more. Um, and so that's why, you know, when, when, you know, Hennessy reached out about the campaign, I was all for it. Cause I was like, this is very natural to me. Like never stop, yeah. never settle. It's business. We pushing, we getting better. We're iterating, we're improving and we're trying to be great. I love that. Perfect. I mean, I, I think that, especially with the positive mindset that you're, that you're moving every single day with, you know, with that, have you experienced adversity or hardships that, you know, I know we're talking about positivity right now, but at a certain point there have been challenges. Um, so kind of how were you able to pull through those? What were they? And, and how did you become stronger because of them? Yeah. 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 See, man, I got an IG post for everything. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm talking about. Is it another quote? Is it another quote? Yes, just today, my last post on IG: Success is not the absence of failure, but the mastery of it. Right? Come on, so like, come on. So like, <laughs> so like, even when you ask me the question, you're like we're talking about positivity, but there had to be an adversity. Ain't no but. Like the positivity is with the adversity. Like it's like you get good at enduring. I, I always talk about. Um, again, I have very grandiose visions for this company right like you know just 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 to be clear like gig wages a venture back company we raised you know 15 plus million dollars to date plenty more to come 
uh, we're 30 employees. We'll be 50 by the end of this year, over hundred next year, like full time, you know, all that good stuff. So like, we're going for it, for but sure. like, it's all been hard. And I'm like, it ain't going to get easier. So the positive, positive stuff you're seeing or hearing is through chewing glass. <laughs> like, and so I always talk about where we're going. We're going to get beat up all the way to billions. That is the, like, that is what's going to happen. But that's what's different and special about an entrepreneur. Like you're willing to endure the pain, the adversity, and still put a smile on your face. And I'm the type, I put a smile on my face and we're going to make it look good while it's going down. Like, and so that is a part of the process. You anticipate challenges. You, Robert Smith, you, you, you start to run to and embrace complex problems, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I, um, I was driving home one night years ago. This was before we pivoted to gig wage. I work late, early mornings. I'm actually trying to get away from that. I'm trying to, trying to work like in a new way. I, I, we can talk about that too. But I was driving home late one night. It was one, two in the morning and it was raining and I was tired and I hit this, uh, this like curve situation that wasn't right. Probably should have sued the city for it. And I spun out and my truck wrapped a tree, <gasps> like Oof. wrapped a tree, right? And I was fine. I wasn't hurt. Uh, I was able to get out the car, whatever. Long story short, police came. All this stuff happened. It was crazy. This would have messed a lot of people up. I actually was able to get the truck out and drive it home without a tow truck. It was jacked. My truck was like, just, I shouldn't have drove it. But I drove it home. You know, I was at the office at eight o'clock in the morning and I contemplated not even telling my team what had happened. It was a new day. The truck was messed up. I wasn't hurt. Insurance was going to have to handle it. The business still had to get built. And, and some of my employees were even mad. They were like, come on, fam. Like, you got you to gotta tell us that kind of stuff. But my, you wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have said anything, I showed up the next day, probably fly to normal, right? Like, because per, and then it, that's a personal story, but I'm saying, and I don't shut off, so it's all the same to me. Right. It's going to happen. People are going to die. Um, and, and again, I, I don't say that in like trying to be like insensitive, but it people are going to die. Like you got to know that right. um, you're going to run out of money. That's going to happen. There's going to be a bug in the problem. You're going to get hit with fraud. You're, you know, all these things, the root, like a law is going to change that impacts your business. These things are going to happen. It's what you signed up for. And if you decide to lead people, you they're looking, you can't, you can't, you you can't put fear into their future. Like you've got to be the poised one. And so that's just what I signed up for. And so lots of adversity, lots of examples of that. Like I said, I've ran out of money. I've had upset investors. You know, I've had my family looking at me crazy. Like, what are you doing? You could be doing da, 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 da. Like I've had all the adversity and I anticipate a lot more coming and um, we're going to take it all in stride. I think the main thing you're saying is like, do not, live in fear of problems and changes to be coming with them, you know, in whatever business, you know, venture that you're in. Like, I love that you're kind of, you know, not like you said, you're not being insensitive to hardship, right? You're more so like prepare yourself for the hardship because no matter what you're in, no matter what life it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's a part of the process. It's a part of the success, right? It's not separate from the positivity and the success. They're, they're, they're ingrained, they're intertwined, right? It's all one. Like we show up it's, it's, and that's right. That's that back to that efficiency, right? It's just, mm-hmm. you don't turn off when the adversity mm-hmm. happens. You keep going. You know right. What I'm right. 
with adversity as well, I mean, I know you're in tech, but did the pandemic affect your business at all? No, it didn't. It was so interestingly enough, we help companies pay contractors. Our number one industry is transportation and delivery. So we actually saw a huge spike during COVID. It was a catalyst for us. Um, but with that being, and we were already a remote team first. So we've always been remote. So that didn't impact us. Our business saw an uptick. But I mean, listen, like Black Lives Matter was going on at the time. The pandemic was going on at the time. Like, you know, I was to I was raising a, um, a venture capital round in February, expecting to get the money in March 2020 when the investors pulled off the table because everybody was just like uncertain. Right. right so we right. had to kind of look that in the face and figure out how to move forward. And so net net, uh, the pandemic was a positive for us. Um, again, we were just one of those beneficiaries. Zoom was a beneficiary, you know, different companies that worked for you in your favor. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean it wasn't hard, like mentally. Like there was a lot. I, I want, this is a really good point. You talk about my mindset every day. I told my team, Craig is going to be at 100 every day. Like I'm 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 a, I'm going to show up. But it's taking a lot more energy to get to 100. Right? And that, and I shared that with my team cuz you know, I just kind of a moment of vulnerability. I'm not often that vulnerable, I guess if you will, transparent, but I'm going to be there. But during that period, it was every day. It was really hard to get there. Like it took a little something extra for about a year, really, to be honest. Right. And so, yeah, it was hard. It was hard. No doubt. I mean, and to maintain the like <laughs> it takes a lot to get there, but then to maintain, oh, yeah. to maintain it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. For sure. So where do you see the company in the next year? What's next for you guys? Like, you know, as you said, you're going to obviously keep growing. So what does that yeah. look like? Yeah, man. So we're excited to keep building out the team and, and finding unique talent in unique places. Uh, next year in 2022, we're going to be rolling out. Uh, so it's really cool. We're rolling out a uh, uh, a debit card product and bank account, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So a lot of gig workers, low to middle income workers have a hard time getting bank accounts and stuff like that. And so we're coming out with a gig wage debit card, which will be our first physical consumer product that we put in people's hands. So that's a really cool moment. Bank accounts, um, savings accounts, stuff like that. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm sure there'll be some money talk along the way uh, next year as well. But but most importantly, just like empowering our, our customers, their contractors, my team members, our investors, really thinking about economic empowerment. How can we put more money and more value into more people's hands faster? And so we'll just continue to do that and accelerate. But um, 2022 should be super exciting. That's very exciting. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right. So for anyone who would want to follow in your footsteps, you know, not every entrepreneur is going to suggest following, uh, you know, into that role. I think that you're the best person to do this for someone. What are the three tips that you'd like to leave with them, leave them with? Yeah. Follow my IG, follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Um, yeah. So, so the first thing I tell people is go for it. <clears throat> three words, just go for it. Like whatever it is, like t-shirt business, uh, you know, whatever it is, just go for it. Like life is so short, go for it, see if it'll work, mess up, whatever. It doesn't like, you know, go for it. That's the number one thing. Um, you know, and then the other thing I talk about is like, you know, kind of like failing faster, meaning like don't run from failure, run to it because that's where you're going to learn how to move forward. 
So I would tell you to go for it. I would tell you to fail faster. And then, you know, last and, and, you know, like definitely, definitely not least, just be great. Like work to be great. Wake up and try to be great. Like, like, like a tactical way to do this is to look yourself in the mirror and say, what would greatness look like today? Like, and, and, and that's going to be different for everybody. Like you might be a garbage person. You might be a teacher. You might be an entrepreneur. You might be a singer. So everybody's day is going to look different, but there's going to be something on your agenda for the day. Ask yourself what greatness would look like and then go do that. I love it. I'm inspired already. Uh, I'm on <laughs> to do, I'm on to do something great. Love it. Again, love my it. day after this. The greatest after. thing you could do would be follow my IG. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> we got you. We got you. You got to yeah, follow Fedwork too. I got to what? And Hennessy US. You got to follow Fedwork podcast and yep. Hennessy US. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to follow you. <laughs> we'll get it popping. Yes. If you want to put to action these three tips from our entrepreneur or gather more educational resources, visit Hennessy's Never Stop, Never Settle Society.org. Just yes, Greg, where can the people find you? We're going to yeah. follow you. Where can we find you? I'm like instantly getting my phone. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm at Craig J. Lewis everywhere except for Twitter. Okay. Uh, I'm at Craig Jamal Lewis on Twitter. Um, and then obviously at Gig Wage everywhere on social and gigwage.com. Follow. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story. You are so inspiring. And we so wish inspiring. you luck uh, in your company we're going to be following you on yeah. your it. thanks for having me on this is going to be great of course thank you and we'll see you guys next week see you guys Bye. next week thank you for tuning in to this episode of FedWork we hope that you enjoyed it please make sure to like comment and subscribe on all platforms for any inquiries or sponsorship requests please visit wearefedwork.com <laughs> <laughs>